Hey, what's up, everybody? As I would, sitting next to the one and only Keith. Are we on video this week? We are on video this week. <laughs> nice shirt. This is so what you're saying. Focus on it every single day. I want to figure out a way to get ahead of what I think I know is coming. Tavi, you got a problem if you're always trying to make it seem as if you've never been afraid of why you're running. I can never look at what I do the way that other people can and walk away. I can't be separated from it. Sticking out my neck is how I made it where I'm at. You want to cut it up, I came and they can never take it from me. I'm outlandish. Take chances. Gotta get it what I can with my damage, my sanity. Could leave it if it vanished. Don't matter to me. I'd still manage. Yeah, guess you could say I'm at an advantage. My vantage point can be quite lavish. Got so many cadences. Way to pick one which bag is my hand in Depends what mood I'm in Oh no, I'm in a mood again Lord knows I'm a hooligan Losing it, who can get gruesome with you if it Comes down to it, you can bet I shoot the rack, defuse the threat And they wonder why the music has a huge effect Could it be cause I've been the go-to when it comes to death? Cause I'm the one that they be calling when the people get fed up I want the music with the visuals that got him in debt For any part of me that want to make it hard to get set up But take away the happiness, it can be kind of pathetic But when I look at everything, it's trying to get away we sitting here On a Friday yeah, we are. A late Friday, but it's Friday nonetheless. But it's Friday nonetheless. Yeah, so we're yeah, sitting yeah. here with our first world problems. You know? Uh-huh. As, yeah, we as, have those. I had as, those today. As the world is melting down around <laughs> us, man. Yeah, it is. You know, and we'll get, we don't talk politics, but we got to talk that shit that's going on. You know what I mean? We got to yeah. get to that eventually. Yeah. But I uh, would, outside of that, you know, in our mm-hmm. small world, we got we to gotta mask off, Woody. Yeah, we do. We uh, have a mask off. Why don't you tell uh-huh. the people what a mask off is? Yeah, we, uh, we let everybody know... Um, Last week that we were having a mask off, and for those of you that are new here uh, this week, which typically when we have a mask off, uh, you are new. They bring in uh, their own crowd and their own people. So what a mask off is, guys, is when Keith and I bring in someone into the woodshed that does something different than than we do. They do it always, do it better than we do. Uh, They understand life a little bit better than we do. And we bring them in, we take that mask off, and we get to know just, you know, a little bit more about who they are and what it is they do. So, without further ado, it's the only time you hear, I think that's French, um, <laughs> <laughs> to our mask off guest, um, what is your name, who are you, and uh, what is it that you do? Yeah, yeah. I'm, man, honored to be here with you guys, excited to talk with you. My name's Cody Bobe, and I am an actor, a visionary, and we are bringing, with our team, we're bringing stories of Old Testament warriors to life, like Rambo, like John Wick, but from these characters and <clears throat> hopefully we show the world that people like me before I was 18 thought that the Bible was boring. Like there, there are people out there that think it's a boring book about rules, about what to not do and do. And our goal is to bring it to life to say it's the most captivating book on the planet. And we're going to do it through the rated R film and storytelling. And hopefully we engage people with the Bible from there. When you hear rated R and you hear the Bible, it's confusing, and we'll get to that. Yep. Yeah. But we want to warm you up first, yeah. right? <laughs> we, we like to ask people Thank random you. questions on our mask off. Let's get them do it. Ready yeah, yeah. for our, our fuckery is what we're about ready to get them ready for. Okay? I'm ready, yeah. So here, here's some random questions for you. You ever been in a pawn shop? Um, yes, I have. You, were you buying or selling? I was shopping. Yeah. So I, was, I, was, I went in there to buy. Okay. Buy. So yeah. the pawn shop was open. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Can you drive a stick shift? Yes. First car was stick shift. What was it? It was Jeep Wrangler. Uh, it was. Oh, wow. uh, Ooh, yeah, wow. yeah. Yeah. So it was. I, I grew up in Colorado, and uh, off roading was something that we all did. Mm-hmm. My brother, 19 months older than me, had one as well. And if you're going to do off roading in. <laughs> These Jeeps now are like completely automatic and they shift for you right. and it's ridiculous. But if you're going to do it back then, you had to do it as stick shift. Who taught you how to drive that stick? My dad. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have your wisdom teeth? No. Uh, the, the Navy ripped them out with <laughs> very few uh, 
narcotics in me. Did you need them ripped out, or they were just like, "We're not fucking with this. Yeah, we're getting them out." They they just ripped them out. Really? Yeah, did, yeah, they take your appendix too. <laughs> no, <laughs> I only have one kidney. <laughs> What's in you that you don't actually need? Get it out. Yeah, get it out. Yeah, they took it out in boot camp. So I had, I had one guy take it out at dentist, and then the trainee took the other one out. And I, I mean, it was it was it was bad. Oh, they they took them out. Yeah. Wow. And out of the four seasons, which one's your favorite? Uh, summer. Why? Uh, because I hate cold. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Colorado, I hate cold. Right? Yeah. 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 I hate, I hate it. Summer. And uh, one question for me: In which era do you wish you were born? Oh, great! Nineteen hundreds, I think, would be cool. Okay. How old are you? Early 1900s. Oh, all right. Early Sorry, 1900s. Yeah. Early 1900s. So right. When the, right before the car was made in okay. 1903, seeing that time where men were free to be masculine. Yes. <laughs> they were expected to go out and kill their food and eat it. And okay. there mm. wasn't a vegan culture. If anybody's vegan out there, I'm not really sorry, but uh, I'm thankful <laughs> for you uh, because you leave more meat for me. Tonight mm. I had a ribeye before I came. Um, uh. And yeah, I think that was a cool time where you had to hunt and you had to provide. And if somebody talked with you, um, I, I, w- I was brought up in a different way um, than most people. Um, but if somebody, I, I get yelled at on the phone, I'm a CEO and okay. people yell at me. And I, I remind them really kindly that you're still yelling at a 36 year old, very fit man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, you, in the 1900s, that didn't exist. There uh-huh. wasn't the social media, there wasn't phone right. calls. If you yeah. had a problem, you just, you got you to go it. and dealt with it. How, how, how much do you weigh? Uh, 215. 215, okay. Yeah. So this is the line you use, okay? okay. Somebody's yelling at you on the phone, right? And <laughs> yeah. they're like, you're going to do this, Cody, and you're going to do that. And you go, yeah. I got 250 pounds that says I'm not going to do it. That's what you tell them, okay? <laughs> yeah. I used to use that shit back in the day. <laughs> They're like, what? Yeah, I got 250. Yeah, All right, I'm going to do it. 250 yeah. pounds that says it's not going that way, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think, yeah, I, I think my, I was raised with my dad and my brother. And if uh, we had a problem, um, me and my brother got boxing gloves and we went down in the basement. And my dad said, deal with it. Work then, it out. Yeah, work it out. And then yeah. you come back up. And, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we need a little bit more in that uh, of that in our culture today. Do you owe him an ass kicking still, your brother? A lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yep. yeah, he, yeah. he kicked my ass so many times, um, and then he became an MMA fighter and and started fighting MMA. So I just became friends with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our, our mask off guest always introduces us Snaggles, and and what, what do we have here today? All right, Snaggle is uh, it's Smirnoff Ice, man. Keith, yeah. smear off ice. Is no, what you're keep, keep going. Keep <laughs> yeah. going. Okay, it's, spicy uh, tam tamarindo. Tamarindo. Uh-huh. Tam- yeah. Spicy uh-huh. tamarindo with yeah. with habanero. Yeah. Now, uh-huh. now, Keith, I was expecting uh-huh. that to be let, okay. Let, let, let's finish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got this from the Wood Collection, and yep. and, and the people the, that yep. Yep. listen to this podcast know the Wood Collection is just something totally different. <laughs> There's a short list of things I will not drink. Yeah. Uh-huh. Add this to the list. I drank this goddamn thing. It made my nose run and my throat burn. Oh. I can't do it. It's like I drinking s- hot sauce. Yeah, that's w- bad. W- with a little, uh, no with just a little bit of Jack Daniels in it. No well, way. That it, thing's delicious. Well, sir, we've yeah, known each other feel, years. Yeah, uh-huh. this, is, this is all yours. Okay. that okay. I, You know, you can hate on it all you want. Uh-huh. It I hates think me. it's absolutely delicious. It gave me heartburn. No. So what I'm really drinking mm. is Honey Jack. That's what I'm drinking. <laughs> it's a better choice. No way, this stuff is this stuff's wonderful. And as usual, our snaggles is brought to you by. Oh yeah, that's my cue. Uh, it's brought to you by um, Tiger Claw Tattoo. First and foremost, guys, if um, 
you're wandering around and you want to get to you. I, so the bottle of this uh, Smirnoff Ice Tamarindo has got the old, like, uh, David. Sugar Skull. Yep, Sugar Skull on it. If you want to get your Sugar Skull tattooed all up on your body, go over to see Tiger Claw Tattoo. Guys are over there in Mill Creek, Utah. Um, you can hit them up. Schedule yourself an appointment. I believe they're almost back to full staff. I think Shay is right around the corner um, to be back, and then they'll be fully staffed. The best tattoo artist in the state, without question. Might be in the whole Western. You so, know question. Saying. Have you got a tattoo from there? Yes. Everything yeah. it has on his body. I don't have any tattoos. Really? I'm sexy as I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. What, what can right. I put on here to dress it up anymore? Right? Touche. Put, put, put L.O.'s face on mine. Tattoo his face on my face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, you, you can't see. I do. Yeah. Both sides. I have them. Um, they're all from Shay. I have uh, wow. never gotten a tattoo from anybody else. So sweet. G- guys, uh, 801-410-4245. Go over there and check out Shay and, and the crew at Tiger Claw Tattoo. Uh, next up, we have MVP Jersey Framing. If uh, you have something that you would like to get uh, framed up, something, uh, a nice shirt, say, for example, perhaps like the shirt I'm wearing even, if you <laughs> would like to go get it framed up. Yeah, framed um, I wore it for the camera because last time we were on camera, it you couldn't see us on the camera. Frame that wood. Yeah. Um, I will when it's done. Or a movie poster. If you have a movie poster you movie want to get framed. Yeah. yeah. yeah That's great. Yeah, we got a guy. MVPJerseyFraming.com, guys. Uh, if you want that framed up and they have little lights to showcase that poster that you're going to put on there, MVP Jersey Framing, that is your guy. Um, next up uh, is uh, the HQ. That's your etching HQ. Um, we're getting a shipment in, I'm told. It's supposed to be because it was supposed to have been here last week so now it's going to be personally delivered on sunday the way you said shipment reminded me of gary Busey in lethal weapon when he talks about a shipment <laughs> and mel gibson goes just call it drugs and he goes our shipment the yeah, way you said yeah, that is that it drugs a, is it really drugs it's, coming it's a shipment okay <laughs> leave it at that okay <laughs> um, guys go check out uh, facebook.com backslash the h cubed um if you have anything you want to get uh, etched whether that be in uh, wood metal glass uh canvas uh, porcelain, whatever it is, they can hook you up. Big or small uh, projects, it doesn't even matter. And last, oh, damn it, I was going to wear my hat, but I left it upstairs. And I'm too tucked in a corner to put it on, but Kick Rocks, guys. As always, Instagram.com backslash Kick Rock Clothing. Check him out. He's still up and going, and uh, I think he's got something special. In oh, the he's, works thriving. Too. he's thriving. He's yeah. thriving. He's got something special. So uh, that, that would be it. Um, we're going to throw out some... Um, uh, an email, or not an email, geez, a web address. I'm going to put it in the chat. So if anyone's watching live, you can uh, check that out in the chat, this webpage. But it's for Cody. So anyway, continue. It's Dude. funny you bring up emails because Jamathan did email, mm-hmm. as we knew he would. Yeah. He swore. He used the word fuck. Yeah. He said it was hilarious, and he loved the, the, the ejaculation jokes for some reason. Yeah. Something he normally runs from. It was the cupcake. And, <laughs> and... Mac broke his streak. He didn't email. No, he did not. So he's got no, to start from scratch again. Uh-oh. All right? Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, Cody. Yeah. CEO is what you says to me. Yeah. CEO of what? Gaborm Studios. What is that? So hopefully, God willing, yeah, it is the studio company that created the film Hold the Pass. And it's something that um, I started three and a half years ago um, to give companies like Marvel Studios competition. So Hold the Pass, it sounds like a movie about a running back to me. Yeah, yeah. Was so it? so it's really cool. So um, g- great, great question. Back in um, the, when David fought Goliath, a very mm-hmm. familiar story in the Bible, mm-hmm. our, our story is about Shamgar from Judges 331, Hold the Pass. But they'd go to a place called the Pass 
Damen, and that's what we know as the Elah Valley. So uh, if you're familiar with the story of David and Goliath, Goliath stood out in a field and waited for somebody to fight him for 40 days, taunted okay. them. They believed that they were afraid of the Israelites' God. So they, they would send one guy out, their big giant, and say, hey, somebody come out and fight me, because they were afraid to just crush them because they heard the stories of the, the warriors of old, the Samsons out there that could kill a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. So they were really, really spiritual with what they did. And that was called the post-dominance, called the... the um, um, the Elah Valley, but it's, it's where you'd go. If, if we're going to the Postdom and you know, somebody is not going to make it home them or you, mm-hmm. you die in that field. So hold the pass is where we thought. And the director and screenplay writer for our film, it's a short film. It's a rated R film on, um, Shamgar. It's proving the concept of the type of action that we were going to bring to the screen. And we're going to, with our next feature length film. Um, because when you say action from the Bible, people don't, um, really understand what you're saying. They mm-hmm. think cheesy, and lame. Um, so we, we did that and showed what it would like, be like for a farmer named Shamgar to show up with a six foot farming tool called an ox goat, what the Bible says, um, to show up to fight an army full of, you know, at least 600 guys. Okay. And it would be typically in the post-domin because they, they used to fight that um, where one champion would come out and fight the other one. And then whoever wins that, their God was with them. And then the other person would retreat, army would retreat. Okay, let let me ask you a question. Were you raised religious? I, yeah, I was. I was not raised religious. No. All right. So oh. when it, let's start. Let's start at the beginning. You said you're from yeah. Colorado. Yes. So you're out there in in, in Mork and Mindy Land. Yeah. Right. You, you're walking around. <laughs> yeah. Said you had your jeep out there. You're driving yeah. and you're doing your thing. Yeah. Did Did you find uh, a commandment? I mean, how, how did you become religious? Yeah. Yeah. No. Or, uh, I, I should say spiritual. Is that the correct term? Yeah. Religious, spiritual. Yeah. But yeah. Just uh, spiritual, religious. Either one. As, okay. as long as they're not in the negative connotation, we have a lot of people. That the, the religious in the bad way. They try to act like they're a good person, but they're a piece of crap. Those are called hypocrites. Hypocrites. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So the, the religious hypocrite. But uh, no, there's there's a good religion. Um, and the, the Bible talks about that. Um, and, and that's what I try to live out a relationship. But it was... I had no idea growing up. I had no idea who Jesus was. I had no idea. I was not familiar with the Bible. We'd go to church um, occasionally on Easter's um, and sometimes on Christmas. That's when you got new school clothes, new clothes to wear. Yeah. School. You got a new suit yeah. on Easter. Did you get that? Yeah, no. I didn't. Oh. You didn't get new clothes. No. Was, yeah. We got new clothes. Yeah, Christmas like, and Easter. Yeah, That's your like, new man, clothes. No, yeah. I didn't. Uh, but I was raised with my dad and my brother, and then eventually my mom became a Christian. I'd see her on visitations, and she'd take me to church. But a lot of times, I'd, I'd still be hungover, still high. How old were we talking? When we'd go, um, you know, 13, I became an alcoholic at 13 years old and, and fell really heavy into the party lifestyle. How'd, how'd, how'd that happen? All right. So yeah. you're obviously you're hanging out with older guys or you know where dad keeps the liquor or. Yeah. Well, partying. Right. So I was, a, I was, a, a, I had a lot of charisma and, um, a lot of pain. So I had a lot of, uh, I grew up in a broken home. Parents didn't like each other. And I just saw life and felt like it was unfair because yeah. I saw their families happy. When, when I grew up, I'm 36. When I grew up, it wasn't common for parents to be divorced. Um, and going through that, I just had a lot of resentment with life. So then I, I found, I went to my first party, uh, saw amazing, beautiful girls, um, and what that was like when they were drunk and high. Uh-huh. And I had apple puckers and I had my first shot apple puckers. And then I had my first half a bottle and I, I, <laughs> It, it took the pain away. You got wood over here drooling. You're talking about those apple puckers. <laughs> I was like, hey, like, I, I know. I know about that. I had to yes. that last night. <laughs> so it took the pain away. How long did this... First of all, did your brother take the ride with you? He did not, thankfully. He did not. No. How long did this... Phase stage. I'm going to call it a stage. A stage. It's not a phase. Yeah, How yeah. long did that last? Yeah, until I went in the military and I was 18. 
So okay. it went all the way through high school, and it just got deeper and darker. You didn't play sports. I, I played sports, yeah. Um, I, I found out um, I, I played golf in high school, and then I, I was played baseball. I played basketball. Okay, there's the sports. When you say golf, I was like, right? what are you talking about? Well, I realized, so I, 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 I got into dealing, and I realized that the extremely wealthy people would play golf. And then some of the best um, drugs that you could find are on the golf course. Okay, and you, okay. get, you get time off school, uh-huh. you get a full day off school, and you can smoke up in the porta potties halfway through. So you're in school and winning, and you smoke weed while you're playing golf. Science. You're going to be a great ah, golfer. You had it down to science. <laughs> so I, I cracked a code. Up. I'm fucked up. <laughs> Okay. So I, I went out to Stanford for a golf tournament in high school, and all these amazing goody two-shoes were out there, and I was just getting high in, in the middle of it and um, did really well. Um, but I was I almost got expelled from high school. I was, I was a fighter. Um, and, and you guys know as a fighter, you lose most of them. Yeah. You, you, you win some. but That's, that's an honest statement right there. That's, yeah. That's, it, you know, guys sit there, not, I mean, like, People, you talk to people. Oh yeah, I, I never lose a fight. Yeah, then you're fighting like people with one arm. <laughs> there's just no way you've never lost a fight. You, there's yeah. no way. No there's way. no way because you you lose them and then you pick them with the wrong people and they have more people than you do and you show up three against one. I, <laughs> we make movies, uh, but uh, this that, that doesn't happen in real life. Uh, so. Yeah, just just fell into that and um, saw. I was 18. Uh, I had a chance to go um, to college and. I just knew academic path. or sports. Um, just 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 got in. Okay. So it wasn't it wasn't academic. My um, or sports. I, I could have went to a, a college and played on their golf team, but I, I knew my life was spiraling spiraling out of control. Mm-hmm. I knew. I mean, I, I liked um, the wrong things. I liked stealing guys' girlfriends, and, and you, you you're gonna get your butt kicked by a group of guys when yeah. you do that. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, I'd drive my car off and I was getting shot at in my car. And, you know, I'd just have those moments. I had a, I had a fast crotch rocket and I'd outrun police officers. And, and, and I just so many times would lay there and think, um, this is going to end really poorly for me. Mm. So I saw this sign. I was, I was eating breakfast with my mom one time. And she's sweet, man. God bless her. And she's, she's great now. She's great grandmother to my kids. And okay. um, I saw the sign for the Navy in this placard. And I saw these uh, just this ship and helicopters and I was like I could do that I could get paid to jump out of stuff and second mask <laughs> off in a row where we had yeah. somebody sit there and go I can I do, that. do that and yeah. then go fucking do it yeah huh. uh-huh. all right go ahead so so yeah so I I joined the military thinking I'm gonna be a good person and this is gonna this is gonna fix it this is gonna mm-hmm. end my partying lifestyle this is gonna put me on a trajectory a path in the military well, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> I had just clarified. Yeah, I was. I had this great thought of like, this is going to make me a valiant guy. <laughs> and no, you know, uh, yeah, nobody advised me otherwise. Uh-huh. So I was, uh, you know, I went to the recruiter's office and uh, it was 2003 at the time. And I, I was just like, hey, I want to be special forces. And, and they're like, all right, well, you got to be really fit. And she said, hey, meet me at the pool tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. to do the test. And I said, Excuse me? Yeah. And, uh, 6 a.m. I'm just going to bed. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to bed. So I actually did. I stayed up late and uh, met her at the pool and did really well and um, got in the category to go into the military to be special forces. And I wanted to be a Navy SEAL, but I had to wait a year and a half to be a Navy SEAL because I was like, oh, that'd be sweet. Jump out of planes, high-level trainer, high-level trained guy, and kill bad guys. That's all I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, had to wait a year and a half, and I told her, I was like, I'll, I'll probably be in jail if I wait a year and a half. So... Wow. What Shit. else do you have? And she said, hey, we have this thing called Combat Rescue Swimmer. Navy has five special forces. And 
she's like, you could be gone in two weeks. Dude, uh, huh. my friends, one of my great friends, his son does that right now. The, 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 the one I call the, the, the fucking action figure. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, that's he does that about. shit, that's man. Cool. The other yeah. Shay. So, so I, that's what I went in for. My, my dad almost went, my dad, uh, partier, he went to BYU. He got kicked out after two years, but he almost went to the Olympics for swimming. So we were just Damn. good. We were athletes mm. in my, my house. And um, I was a good swimmer. I, I still am, but got in and went through the program in, the, in boot camp and thinking, man, this is going to make me, make me a good person. I, I never went on to be special forces. I, I realized at that point, I took the ASVAB test and I never looked at the score. Um, I, I got a really high score on the ASVAB, but I, I just wanted to get in and get out of where I was at. And uh, So eventually I had a JAG officer come to um, my classroom and make me an offer to go to Oklahoma City and be an air crewman in the air with the nuclear platform. Okay. I got selected for that, and he's like, "Hey, man, this is a great thing." He was making making a sales pitch to me. Uh, he's <laughs> like, "It's going to be awesome," and uh, it was a submarine in the air. But uh, I, I thought going through this whole process, so I never was special forces. I, I went on. Um, I never failed anything. Um, I um, was on on path and got offered and got off the path, but uh, to do something else, which I'm so grateful for. But during my time in the military, I thought this is going to make me a good person. And I spiraled out of control and you, you, you yeah. laugh like military. Yeah. I had no idea. I felt darker in that path than I ever knew. And we were, we went to Panama yeah. city, Florida for spring break in 2003. And I was with these, like, I don't know if you guys have been around like the, the special forces operators, they, they all went on to swick boat or, um, rescue swimmers or seal teams, but we partied as hard as we worked. Yeah. And, and, and they eventually went on to work to be special forces. I, I hadn't made it to that school yet, but hadn't failed anything to that point. So we go down for Panama city and we're like, all right, we're going to map this out strategically. We're going to do mission planning. We're going to be drunk the whole time and we're going <laughs> to hit every club and we're going to stay here and we're going to have sex as much as we can. And we're going to, and I was with really good looking dudes. So we had a really great plan. And we executed on that plan. And it was four and a half days. We'd take hour-long oh. naps. And, you know, you're at the beach in the day and you're trying to take a nap thinking I'm going to be up until 4 a.m. And I'm, I'm, you're drunk the whole time. And we did just about everything you could do from the heterosexual partying mentality. Mm -hmm. um, and I hit rock bottom. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror on that uh, trip. All my buddies were there. We we're doing everything. So this is this is awful. Um, this is I, – I've, I hate myself. And – I got back to my barracks room. Um, one of my best friends, he got jumped by six guys. The best fighter I've ever seen. My, my best, one of my best friends still to this day. But if you're fighting one on six, uh, yeah, you, you lose. You can yeah. only focus yeah. on a couple of people at a time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, yeah. so he was, I, yeah, he almost, he, he almost, um, he got beat up really bad. Um, I don't know if almost beat to death. He had to go to the ER. What was mm. the reasoning behind that one? Do you, don't, do you know? I don't know. He doesn't remember either. Yeah, so okay. um, drunk the whole time. Yep. Drunk the whole time. So we're, we're there, hit rock bottom, we're driving back. And I just had this thought in my, in my head of, I hope we get caught. I hope we get caught. Maybe that will set me free. And we all lied and stuck to it and nobody got caught. So the next night, it was Tuesday night. I walked back into my room and there's a Bible in my barracks Damn, room. Damn, he remembers the day. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tuesday. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was because it was a disastrous weekend. And it was Tuesday. I go back into my barracks room. We do classwork. Then we, we work out all night. Uh, but I had a little window and I go back in my barracks room and there's a Bible in my barracks room and I open the Bible up and I don't know anything. I don't know there's 66 books. I don't know there's an Old Testament, New Testament, don't know anything about this book. I open it up and I get on my knees. I said, I've tried everything else. If you're real, I'm in. And 
in that moment, I felt something, and I'll never forget it, that was better than any orgasm, any high that I've ever had. And I met Jesus, and he changed my life. And I, I was so blown away by it. I, I walked over and we're connected. Our rooms were connected by a bathroom. And I walked over to my, um, they call it a head in the Navy, mm-hmm. your bathroom, my head mate. I walk over to him and I'm like, hey, John, I just, I, I don't know what happened, but I just met God. And he's like, what are you talking about? You're just, are you still drunk? <laughs> we were there. I was like, no, man. Like, I don't know what happened. But I opened my Bible and God is real. And um, from that point, um, I, I, I wrote a crotch rocket you can't call it a cross truck anymore. It's a sport bike, but uh, you also can't call it a cockpit because women fly. So now it's a flight station. Yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs> I did that's news to me. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I remember they came up to us in the military and like, all right, guys, we can't call it a cockpit anymore. It's a flight station. I was like, cockpit. That's why it's called a cockpit. <laughs> what, about, what about cocktail waitress? Yeah, I don't know. What's a good question? To me, it sounds like porn right off. Yeah. I hear yeah. cock and tail. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, pretty what? sure that's I'm why it is. What is cock, this? Cocktail, yeah. Yeah, so, um, man, we... Let, let me ask you real quick. Do you remember the first passage you read when you opened up the Bible? I didn't read one. Yeah. I, you, I, you just opened it? And I just opened it. I just Because all I knew was, hey, this this Bible, Christians read the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean... Okay, so I'm going to try this. I've, my dog's name was Zeus in high school. I thought if I'm going to, I'm going to worship a god ever, it's going to be a pimp in Greek mythology. So <laughs> absolutely, that's who I'm going to. What kind to, of dog? Going to be Zeus. Uh, uh, Labrador. Oh, Zeus for a Labrador? No, but oh, amazing. But he, on, was, he, he was a golden lab, wasn't he? A no, bull master. So he was a golden lab. He was, he was like golden white lab. Oh. Yeah, of course he's got to be that if he's Zeus. That makes and sense I'm to tell, me. It's I'm lightning. telling you though, he was he was vicious. He's he was a, he was amazing. Okay, amazing dog. Okay, um, but there was multiple times where he'd he, he'd uh, chew the wires on my bike or something, <laughs> and I try to chase him down to just kill him, and I couldn't catch him, and he'd just look at me and smile. So it's a good dog. <laughs> uh, it just pissed me off, but. Uh, <laughs> So I didn't, I didn't read a passage and I, I met the presence of God at that. And I, I remember I'd, my, one of my workout partners was a blue angel pilot. So I do the whole top gun thing, race and take off. Cause it's the home of the blue angels. And so they'd go, he's super Hornet pilot. And I just remember seeing a church out of the back base and I go to this church on Sunday. That's what you do. I just found the time, went to the church, went in and this guy taught me about baptism and what it is to be a Christian. And the next weekend I signed up and I got baptized as a Christian church and my entire life changed. So here's the interesting thing. I mean, that, that's a very, that, that moment changed my entire life. I started to talk with guys to say, okay, man, like I, I became a Christian. I met Jesus. I get saved. Now I'm 18 years old. I'm horny as all get out. Mm -hmm. I go from this lifestyle. I have bikinis around me everywhere. I have girls on my phone that I could call that will come do whatever I ask them to do. Okay. And this isn't like, you know, this is real talk, right? Yeah. Like, hey, I want to honor God because he saved me at my worst. And I, I, I remember telling him, I didn't do a resume exchange. He took me at my worst and gave me his best. So I want to give him my best. Like uh-huh. I, so yeah, I look at him and be like, hey, so what do you do about masturbation? And they look at me and be like. I masturbate. They, Please tell me they said that. They, <laughs> nobody, nobody would. Nobody would. And I remember thinking. They'd look down and be like, no, you just can't do it. And I'm like, wait, what? And then one dude told me, he said, yeah, you can't, you just can't um, spill your seed on the ground. Uh, no problem. Oh, that's a that piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got I put, this I, handle. So I, I got asked this him, teddy bear. And it was, it was immediate, my immediate reaction was, and looking right in his eyes to say, what do you do? Spill it in a sock and uh-huh. a pillow? Like, what, what do you do? Okay. It's like, what, what do you do? And he's like, no, well, the Bible says you can't spill it on the ground. And uh, so I was like, man, these, 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 
these guys don't know the Bible. And I remember thinking, this is real life stuff. I, I, I just fell in love with Jesus. He changed my life. And I'm asking these practical questions. And it was, it was the start of my journey. They don't know the Bible and they don't know where I shoot my load. Okay. Yeah. There's no way in hell I'm putting it on the floor where I got to get down there and wipe it up. No, you're That's not. That's double no. the work. Yeah. So, but there's a guy in scripture, his name's Onan. Okay. And I got to this because I eventually took the Bible and read it cover to cover in four months. I was, mm-hmm. I was going through this. And I just, I'm not a fast reader, but in the military, you, you go to training and then you have free time. I didn't have a family, nothing like that. So I just had a free time. So I was like, if I'm, I experienced this at my worst, he gave me his best. So I'm going to give my best effort and I'm going to learn what this Bible is about. So I read it cover to cover and I got to this guy named Onan and he spilled his seed on the ground and God cursed him and, and killed him. But the problem is people were taking the Bible out of context. He was disobedient to God. He was supposed to impregnate this woman and he was having sex with her and he pulled out and spilled it on the ground. And I was having guys tell me, don't spill your seed on the ground. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I did. Why would you pull out and spill it on the ground? He didn't want her to get pregnant. You put it on her chest or on her back, <laughs> man. I mean, come yeah, on. There's you plenty, know yeah, there's plenty of other things. There's yeah. plenty of other things. Yeah. So that's the, the, the Bible explicitly says this. And thank God, it, it, the Bible, Jesus changed my life. The Bible changed my whole thinking because God never is telling a story that's PG because men aren't PG. We don't live in that. I have a, I have a 10-year-old boy. He's about to be 11. I, I tell my wife, I tell everybody, this this boy is going to learn to love breasts and a vagina, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. it's going to consume most of his thought process. And if there's a t-shirt or a sock under his bed, do not touch it, wife. Don't touch it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, this is, <laughs> Just you, leave it there. Don't, don't say, don't masturbate. I mean, you don't put these expectations on people to say, don't get horny until you're married. It's like, wow, whoa, what's that like? Yeah. So that's what... That's I, how you drown a woman, okay? You wait yeah. till you're married. Okay? <laughs> you, yeah, and you waited the whole time for a wife and you killed her. It's <laughs> a bad deal. It's a bad deal. So, man, I, I, so I, I become a Christian. I start to realize that um, guys aren't reading their Bible and they're telling me things out of context. Mm-hmm. So I started to read the Bible and, and go through it. And, and that's what eventually put me on the whole journey of what I'm on today of, of having genuine conversations with men, treating them as men. Um, because that's how God's word deals with us. It's an mm-hmm. X-rated book for what it is. And yeah. God is not concerned with, he uses multiple stories in the Bible that are very explicit to get the heart of men to listen to him. And, and that's what my entire life is now to say, Hey, I, I, I want, I want men to hear me. It's not a religion. It's not a mindset, like a, in a bad hypocritical way. So I look good around, you know, this, this, Jesus changed my life. He's real. The Bible is the most captivating book on this planet. And you don't have to pretend to be something. He's going to transform you into who he's created you to be. I want to ask you a question about the Bible. Now, the Bible, um, Jesus, the man they're writing about, lived like four or 500 years before the Bible was written. Am am I correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And King James Version, that's, that's the New Testament. It's, uh, well, it's, it's both. It's just it's translation. Both? Yes. Okay. Old Testament, New Testament. My, here's my question. This is the way I look at Go. it. Go. All right. So if we co- if you come to me and Wood and you says, hey, um, I want both of you guys to write a story. And the most fascinating story I'm going to take, and it's going to be out in the world perpetually for yeah. years, for, for, for centuries, for, for eternity. Yeah. Okay. And so Wood sees, mm. 
Woods sees somebody and there's an empty glass and he touches it and it turns into water. And I see somebody and they take this phone and they drop it on the floor and it turns into a snake. And yeah. you're reading these stories and you're like, oh, which one's more captivating? Yeah. You understand what I mean? Yep. Now, did this guy really touch this and it turned to water or did he touch it and then fill it up? Did he drop this and it turned into a snake or did he drop it and the snake slid it up beside it? You see what, you see yep. what I'm saying? Yeah. Ha- have things been canted? It's like telephone. Yep. I whisper in your ear mm, or something. Sure. You whisper in wood. Wood whispers in one of his kids. And by the time he gets to the end of his kids, yeah. this, the human <laughs> language has probably changed. Wood's got a lot of kids. <laughs> probably in fucking Tibetan or some shit by the time he gets to the end. But the story changes over time. Sure. Do you ever look at the Bible and say to yourself, <clears throat> maybe these stories are canted. Maybe it's not verbatim. So have you seen the Dead Sea Scrolls? To answer that with my favorite story, have you ever seen them? I watched a story on the History Channel when they examined them. I, oh, so I, I've stood... I've never, you saw them? Physically oh, saw them? Yeah, you can't take a picture of them in this place Did in Israel. Did you just put a humble brag on me and Wood knowing that we're broke asses <laughs> and we ain't been <laughs> to the of fucking course. Dead Sea? Did you just I've fucking do that to never us? never been there, ever. <laughs> have you ever sat next to Robert De Niro? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. He smells okay. like bacon and Dax <laughs> grease. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, man. All right. So you stand and you look at this, and you see the cave that this kid found the this copy of the Dead Sea Scrolls mm-hmm. they have in this museum in Israel. I know that story. So you see this cave. This kid's just throwing rocks, and he throws the rock, and it doesn't land. Mm-hmm. And they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. And you see this book, the book of Isaiah, which is the most fascinating book to me of the Bible. Okay. This guy, Isaiah, says, here I am, send me. Isaiah 6, 8, military, massive military verse. Um, he understands God's forgiveness, understands his grace and says, cool, send me, send me into all this world. I, I recently had Tim Kennedy on our podcast and that, that, that verse changed his life to say, man, once I understand God's forgiveness, I'll go anywhere. Okay. Um, this, this guy, Isaiah writes a book that prophesies the entire Bible. It's 66 chapters long. The Bible, when it's canonized, it becomes 66 books. And um, just for for one of the prophecies of the Bible to to come to life, it would be like filling the entire state of Texas, and you have one uh, half dollar. You fill the whole state with half dollars, and you have one half dollar. And we put it out in the in somewhere in Texas. I blindfold fold you and say you're going to walk out there and find that half dollar. And the chance of you grabbing the the Bible actually accurately proclaiming one of the prophecies in it is like you finding that on your first try. Okay. So the book of Isaiah, this guy writes it in um, his lifetime. Well, then they find the Dead Sea Scrolls and it's a thousand years later and you think telephone would happen. Mm -hmm. So now we have this, okay, this is the test. Did telephone happen? Exact same story. And it's, it is the document today that proves that the Bible can be taught in academia. And, and, and it's one of my favorite things in the world. Um, I have uh, friends that they, they created the Bible Museum out in. If you guys ever get a chance in D.C., see the Bible Muse- Museum. It's incredible. It is a book that should be in higher level education because it is the most, the, the longest running book that we have of historical accuracy based on one of them being the Dead Sea Scrolls. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not being confrontational. I just <laughs> no, want to yeah, ask you another question. Great question. How come the Bible, yeah. I, I, I think I know the Bible pretty well. I, I probably don't know it as well as you, but I, I think I know, I don't know any mention of dinosaurs. There is. So the book of Job. Okay. The book of Job, chronologically, when you read the Bible, it starts with the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch is what Moses wrote. Um, but Moses in the Bible doesn't come along until, um, you know, w- when you see him in Exodus. Mm-hmm. And, and and he was a stubborn guy. And I, I love his story. We're, we're going to tell that story on film. Um, and he was a warrior. He was oh, a great guy. Don't get sidetracked. But... 
Job is chronologically the first book of the Bible. So if you see a chronological Bible, you'll mm-hmm. see the book of Job and, and that has dinosaurs in it. So okay. it has the Leviathan and it talks about dinosaurs and it talks about a dragon um, where this dinosaur that breathes fire and that the only person that can contain him is God. So I hmm. think there's a Kraken out there somewhere waiting for Armageddon to come back, but it describes dinosaurs and... And finally, somebody can <laughs> say, release the Kraken. Release the Kraken. Yes, exactly, when you said it, that's exactly <laughs> yeah, what I was yeah, saying. Yes. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah, yeah so, me too. That's right. I just right, want right, to hear right. it. Like, <laughs> somebody on some pulpit somewhere really, is going to yeah. release the Kraken. Okay, I'm not going to say it's the last one I'm going to ask you, but I just, yeah, yeah. I like, I like we had it. I just have questions. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, that's the point of this. <laughs> How come people don't live as long as like... Methuselah? Methuselah, yeah. How come, how come people don't live that long anymore? And how come people don't just suck up into the sky like... Translate, right? Who, who was, that? was that Enoch? Enoch, yeah. yeah. yeah a couple people did. Um, Elijah did. Uh, Enoch did. And uh, great I thought qu- Enoch was the only one. Elijah no. did too? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Elijah did too. Yeah, right. so... Um, so great question. I actually sat down with one of the top, he's, he's technically today's the top five creation scientists in the world. His name's Dr. Charles Jackson, and I love him. Um, but when, when they found the human footprint inside the dinosaur footprint, it was actually in his possession for the first three weeks. <clears throat> so from a creation-based perspective on debates, he debates around the country. There's, there's um, you know, only five people that could technically say that they're better than he is, or four people, he's the fifth. So I asked him these questions and he, he looked at me and said, Hey, so did the Bible, did, was there rain before Noah? And I've read the Bible at this point multiple times. I said, I don't know the answer to that. And he said, no, there was no rain. So when God told Noah to build a boat and it was going to flood, he had no idea what was happening. Mm-hmm. The, the Bible mm-hmm. says the, the earth was um, watered by an underground filtration system. It's underground watering. The, the earth was 100% oxygen. This is how you can take the Bible and prove science. And this is why it's so frustrating. It's not in higher education, because if that happens and there's 100% oxygen, there's a the, the atmosphere covering the earth that keeps oxygen um, 100%, then dinosaurs can live and function. Then the human body, even evolutionists, scientists say, if you give the human brain 100% oxygen and total functioning, we could live forever. And that's oh, what they're, they're studying. <laughs> so it's really interesting. So God says, hey, Noah, build this boat. And Noah's 600 years old mm-hmm. at the time. Mm. It takes him 120 years to build this ark. So he knows people really well at this point in his life. And the story's fascinating. Um, but then the, the, the Bible says that the earth opens up and the, the, the floodwaters come from underneath and it rains for the first time. So that's when the ozone opened up. And that's where a lot of creation scientists believe that the, um, oxygen went away. Now, when we take a breath here in Utah, we take about 18% oxygen every time we breathe. Cause we're about 4,800 feet. Um, but about 21%, 24%, depending on where you're at is the highest. If you're at sea level or a little bit under, maybe by the dead sea. So that happens. Dinosaurs start to become extinct. Human life goes from where you see with Adam at 950 years all the way down. And then God eventually says, we're going to make 120. And, and, and it's not a, exactly 120. It's a, it's a statement. He's saying, we're going to live a certain life cycle and then die. I want to say this is the last one. Because I want to move on. Because I want to move yeah, on. Yeah, you're good. Adam and Eve. Yeah. Cain and Abel. Yeah. All of us. Uh-huh. What happened? <laughs> yeah, sin. So okay. uh, uh, sin as we know it today, <clears throat> but uh, the, the obvious happened, right? Yeah. But they don't talk about Cain and Abel's. Well, they don't talk about Cain's kids because Abel got killed. Abel yep. didn't have any kids. Yeah, Abel got right? killed. Yep. So they don't talk about Cain's kids, but he had to have a girl or two or twelve. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so that's I, kind of the way it works. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I don't. Yeah. Is that story in there? Yeah, yeah, so it is, and and you think the Bible. So it's really interesting because um, the, the the apostle of Jesus, John, he says if we were going to take every event that Jesus did and make it into, we wouldn't have enough room to write a book. There wouldn't okay. be a book big enough to contain it. So you think about a story like um, Adam and Eve. Then when they have their son Cain and Abel, and then it goes through. That's nine hundred and fifty years, and it's in uh, five chapters. So <clears throat> that would take a lot of time to chronicle everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually it comes from Adam and Eve and then you have Cain and then he has his kids and then you start to see everything develop and then you get to Noah and he wipes everybody out other than Noah and his family. And we start over. And we're talking about Cain. I want to jump far ahead and then I want to get back to you. Yeah. yeah, But did you see Cain Velasquez shot the the dude that molested one of his family members? And and did you see what Mm. Ronda Rousey came out and said? No. And I would say the same. She said, I would do the same thing. Goddamn right. I love that shit. Good uh-huh. for her. I, I, absolutely. Look, let me tell you something, man. Yep. You, you mess with somebody's, you, you victimize somebody's family. Yeah. See, yep. this is the shit I hate. Yep. When we're talking about Bible stuff, mm-hmm. yep. I like the Old Testament. The eye for the eye. <laughs> you do some shit to me. Yeah. You do, you, I always tell Wood, you say some shit to me that makes me go, oh shit. Yep. Guess what? I'm going to say some shit to you that makes you go, oh shit. <laughs> you put your hands on somebody I care about or me. Yeah. Guess what? Hands are coming back. Yep. I'm all for that. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, so oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm there, and uh, I love what Ron Rousey came back and said because um, every everybody that has a human soul that's not convoluted by the, the the chaos of confusion and cowardice inside of our culture that has a human soul that has the potential to be a warrior um, would say the same thing. All right, here you are, you're you're a 18 year old. One day you're drinking and getting drunk and getting penicillin shots because of the shit you did the day before. <laughs> the next day you just so, do you, yeah. you ever find out how the Bible got on your bed? Uh, I brought it with me to boot camp. Okay. So it was really interesting. My, my mom gave it to me when I was young, and my mom became a Christian, um, but we didn't have a very good relationship. Okay. Um, so it was one of the things I brought with me. Never okay. read it, but I was like, man, if I, I always knew if I got in a bad situation, you always have that thought in the back of your head. I, I don't care who it is, who I've been with around the world. When you get into a situation where it's life or death, my, my grandfather was in the 101st, and he had two Purple Hearts, and he, would, he would say, yeah, he's he, he was a stud. Um they they jumped in on Normandy and that's how they did the attack. Your and, grandfather was on Normandy. Yeah, and and they went thirty four days without food. Mm. They found a, a donkey, and he told the story. Um, they found a donkey and they they killed it and ate the meat. They yeah. didn't cook it, and he they were so hungry. They just Ugh. get something in there. Get, get something. something yeah. in your, and he said it was the best meal he's ever had. And <laughs> so, so they they were like, they, like Eddie Murphy said, if you're starving and somebody throws you a cracker, yeah, like, God damn, this is the best cracker I've ever had in my life. You're right, yeah. that's your grandfather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, man, just um, yeah, uh, super cool dude. Um, but he he would say that there's no atheists in a foxhole. And and he wasn't saying it. I've heard know, that. He wasn't saying it to try to impress anybody. He wasn't on social media and you know to have a podcast where you can get sound bites and send them out. He was just he was real. And you know he he dealt with PTSD. He was a coal miner. Um, he was a tough dude. And but he just said you you get in the life or death situation and there's everybody faces eternity at that point. Absolutely. So I've never been in a situation in those moments where people aren't asking that question. So when I went in the military, I was like, well, I could get into some bad situations. So I may as well just bring this Bible just okay. in case I have some time right before. So, <laughs> so, 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 when you, so when you opened it up and you got that feeling and you're talking to your boys, yep. first they're looking at you like you're crazy. Crazy. They're like, crazy. Cody, what the fuck? What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? We going out tonight? You're like, no, I'm going to stay home and read the Bible. They're like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. Absolutely. Get your shit on. You're like, no, dude, I'm really staying here. Yeah. Did people stray away from you? Absolutely. Okay. 
Uh, yep, lost and, a lot of friends. And yeah. So how was that? How was that pro- process for you? So I'm, I'm sure your superiors heard about it. And like, oh, there's our Reverend Cody. Yeah, you know what it I mean? was. Yeah, because they'll, they'll fuck with you on every yeah. level, right? But you know, they didn't know how to deal with me because they, they'd say stuff like that, and I'd say, I'll beat your ass. Like I'll take you outside, <laughs> and I'll beat your ass. Who are you talking to? Like I love Jesus, yes, but I'll still like this. I'm the same guy. <laughs> so I just found out that they stopped doing that to say, oh man, he's legit, and. <laughs> Uh, but, but, but I, I felt like, you know, I've just, I've just learned when, when you honor and respect men like men, and if you have a problem, you confront each other and you just talk through it. Um, they, you earn respect. Cody's out there getting this respect. He's like, I'll take these scriptures, hold them up real small, turn them sideways and stick them straight up your candy. <laughs> yeah. All right. And you obviously did combat. You were in the, the, the real war. So it was, I flew, we flew missions over. It wasn't mm. technically combat, um, okay. but we were playing risk in the air over mm. Operation Iraqi yeah. Freedom. So I did deploy and we, we flew missions from um, Qatar. And mm-hmm. so Doha, the second wealthiest city in the world, we flew up over that. And then we caught a tanker and then flew 12 hours on the op area over Baghdad. Any scary situations for you? Uh no, no, we were so high, so dark, and um, so intelligent. Our mm-hmm. our operation was so intelligent, and it was a. Uh, we were dealing with some of the most intelligent terrorists. People that don't understand the Al Qaeda, mm-hmm. don't realize how smart they were. Um, but they're more ground operations, okay. and, and we did coordination in the air. And uh, I served with some of oh, some of the best guys. <laughs> but yeah, so I never I was I never did combat on ground. How many years were you in the military? Six years. Six years. So yep. you said you went in two thousand three. Two thousand three. Yep. Two thousand. You got out in two thousand nine. Yep. All right. So you're out now. Yeah. And your base, you, you went to the military in Oklahoma. Yep. You're from Colorado. Yes. Where'd you go out and hit the ground? Yeah. So I I, I stayed in Oklahoma. Okay. And stayed in Oklahoma and knew at that point. Um, one of my frustrations was uh, just with, it wasn't at men. It was with men. Um, because I wanted men to understand that they could get a call into masculinity that they didn't have to mask to say, man, it's okay to talk about really hard things. If you looked at porn last night and you don't, you feel guilty and shame about that. You should be able to talk to a guy and I'm going to pray for you and I'm gonna look you in your eyes and I'm gonna tell you, I love you and don't do it again. You got to fight that. So looking at a naked woman is a bad thing in a magazine. Well, here, here's, I, here's I'm the, not talking like giraffe porn. I'm talking <laughs> just like like regular. That's a woman. I'm a dude yeah. looking at it. So here, here's the thing, right? So Jesus says, I have on, on my side, I have um, a, a logo tattooed from my first book I wrote to men. And um, he says one of the hardest things that I've ever read in the Bible. He says uh, in Luke 9, 23, um, you need to, if anybody wants to follow me, you need to pick up your cross daily, deny your sinful ways and follow me. So I realized at that point, if you're going to say you're a follower of Jesus and you're a man, have backbone and learn what Jesus said to follow. Well, he said some really hard things to follow. Multiple hard things. One of the hard things is Matthew 5, 28 that says, if you look at a woman with lust in your eyes, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Every guy is guilty every day. Yeah. Uh-huh. Every every day, and what what's the purpose of that? Is to show you your need for Jesus and why He died on the cross for you, and that's the purpose of the whole gospel. It should want to make your re- reaction to be to give your best sacrifice, and not to use excuses to just do what you know you shouldn't do. And I love James. So James, the brother of Jesus, right? Could you imagine? So he writes the book of James. Um, he grows up with Jesus. <laughs> so it'd be really hard. Just, <laughs> just, just imagine like talking about having that brother. Damn, so we man. talked about that, like what, what, what my family Bible had seen. Just imagine what he saw 
with a brother that never sinned. And that that's that's the equivalent from for my for my fucking mental midget mind of being, I don't know, Tito and Michael Jackson's your fucking brother and you're on stage and you're just like, God like, oh, dog this it, man. Sucks. Look at this. Look what he can do. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I got a weight so, yeah. problem, I wear a hat and I barely play bass. You know, so <laughs> I, I think Tito can relate to James. Tito, man. Yeah, yeah, so that's funny. Um <laughs> So yeah, so so James writes a book that's really interesting, and he has uh, uh, in James four seventeen he says in chapter four verse seventeen he says, um, if you know good and you don't do it, that's sin. So I, I would just start to ask. I agree that. with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, if you I know the good that. that you should do in the moment and you don't do it, that's sin. I and agree with that. and people say, oh, this is sin, this is sin. But here's the deal: sin reminds us every day that we, on our best day, we still sent a perfect guy to die on a cross for our sins. So it increases the value of the cross in our lives. And, and, and we know, so I, I, I tried to, I, I spoke to men, I wrote to men, I'd go to these men's conferences and I was young at the time. And a lot of the men's conference speakers were older, but I'd just speak with conversation and where guys were at, not at them, but inviting them meet into them where they're at. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to mm. meet you where you're at. Cause I'm living there too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have, I've been married now for 15 years. I have an incredible wife. We have a great sex life. Oh, I, I'm so thankful that God designed kids to, to come from an orgasm and not an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> like it's my favorite. Like if, if you need a reason to say, is God good? Yeah, he's good. <laughs> like that. <laughs> So I'm just, I'm, I'm so, there could be so, like, oh man, uh, th- th- there could be so many ways. But I still, uh, on this phone, I, this, my, my, my phone right here has a terabyte, um, can, can have a terabyte of storage. It operates so fast. I do a ton of work on it. There's only eight websites I can look at. If not, I have to have access. I have to have accountability to access. I don't struggle with pornography. I don't look at pornography because I don't allow it to fight me, but I'm, I'm real with the struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a hot woman comes up to me and wants to come to my studio office and talk to me and a hot actress, anything like that, I'm going to have guys with me because I know there's a side of me that wants to enjoy, let my guard down, flirt, and then I know what comes from that. So hmm. it was the baseline to say, hey, let's not pretend like we're something we're not. And and religion started, uh, uh, religious groups, churches, I started to see that men didn't know how to actually be men. I, I'm sure, you know, girls are sitting there saying the same thing about you as you sit here with your full <laughs> head of Jason Momoa hair and, and your fucking, sure. your, 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 what, I don't know, 20-inch biceps sitting there and your titties hanging out and your tight-ass shirt, man. So don't act like it's just one way, okay? Uh, oh, man. It's so funny. Yo. All right, so you do anything, you get out, you go to Colorado, and you, you talk a lot about men. You talk yeah. about... And, and, and and then with the way you talked about when you when when you wish you were born. Yeah. Okay? Yep. Men. Men. So I see you with street justice. Yep. Um eye for an eye. And like you said, I'll, I'll still beat your ass. Yep. Uh, I'll sit my Bible over here on the top of my car, yep. my Jeep, yep. right? Stick shift. <laughs> and I'll come over there and beat your ass and I'll be fine with yeah. that. Yeah. Now, people will say, How can a Christian do that? How can a Christian yep. resort to violence? Yep. Right? Talk about that because that has something to do with your books and your movies. Yeah, no, it's it, it's great, and the, there's not one part of the Bible that says don't kill. And and this whoa, is whoa, whoa! I just made whipping somebody's ass. I didn't yeah. talk about killing somebody. <laughs> well, well here, here here's the thing, right? I thought thou should not kill was in it all. It, no, thou shall not murder, and and Jesus specifies that one is in your heart. And, and we, we, we don't know with killing. Um, but I know, I, I listened to a Navy SEAL recently on Rogan's podcast. He talked about beating a guy to death that was trying to strangle him with a rock. And he said, I didn't hate the guy. I just had to kill him because he was going to kill me. And he remembered, he, he slowed it down and talked about it. There's, as long as hate doesn't get in your heart, you still have to do. If somebody 
like there's I have a gun. I carry a gun. I I, I believe in this. I, I love this country. By the way, I love the country. I love I love the Second Amendment. I love what we stand for. You come at my kids, I'm gonna shoot you. You come at my kids and you threat you, you break into my house in the middle of the night. I don't care who you are. You broke in. My alarm's going off. You're getting shot. I would like to thank you because I know, at least in me, you'd get more satisfaction out of beating them to death. You would. You yeah, would. Yeah. And, and, and and I definitely would. Yep. And and there's that side of. Um, but 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 here here's here's the thing. When when I became a Christian, I and I read. I got to the book of Joshua, and and we're gonna tell this story in our first film. I, I get to act as Caleb in this feature length film, about three hour, three hour and fifteen minute epic. Um, epic, and I say epic in in the, like brave heart feeling epic mm. storytelling. Um, when I when I when I saw that God didn't make men and that masculinity was a mistake, it changed my life. I see this guy, Joshua, that goes and conquers the entire promised land and how he would handle men that went against God. He would impale them on poles out in front of their, their cities so they knew that they just got conquered. That's what Vlad got it from then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> right? right? Yeah, Vlad the impaler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, so super interesting. I saw that and realized my masculinity is not a mistake. Okay. If somebody comes, I, I believe men should be. I believe men should be strong. I believe men should be aggressive. And and you hear like Jordan Peterson said, we should learn when to attack, but we should be dangerous people to be around. Um, and and we've lost that to think, oh, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna I'm gonna turn the other cheek. That's not what like if you if you read the Bible and you understand its context, you understand what Jesus was talking about. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to be a weak coward in your life. And this mm-hmm. is what I'm so thankful for because I never try to be perfect. You'll hang out with me, you get to know me. I never try to be perfect. I try to be like Jesus and follow him, but I have an understanding that I need his grace every single day. Every day when I hit my pillow, I ask for forgiveness for all the sins that I, I did and all the sins I didn't know that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think... I, I tell my son. My son is ten. He was born on Chuck Norris's birthday, so we call him the Chosen One. When, when's Chuck's Uh-oh. birthday? Uh, March tenth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, oh, that's coming up next week. I know. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Um, but I tell him, um, absolutely. Somebody picks a fight with you, you finish it. Yeah. And, yeah. So, if you don't, there's consequences in this life, yeah. and and they will carry with you. You don't go out looking for them. Don't go out looking for them because that shows a condition of your heart that you want to be a bully, and bullies need to be beat up. If somebody comes at you, you finish it. You'll, I don't care what school you get kicked out of, you'll never be in trouble with me. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you, yeah. you're walking around all day throwing up in your mouth, looking at people and how they act in the world, <laughs> how it is now. Yep, throwing up. It, it makes you sick. It, it, it makes me, a little bit more than that, it makes my heart break because I see people never invited. I mean, look at the statistics of fatherless culture that we have. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, these guys don't know what it is to be a man. You look at these men, and it's like, oh, I want to invite you. You, you, you look at some of the, the rampant confusion we have um, sexually in our world. You look at the confusion that we have with, with men and how they act, and it breaks my heart because I'm like, man, you weren't created that way. Yeah, but nobody taught you. Nobody invited you into that journey, and a lot of them um, didn't have a father in the house. They, mm-hmm. they left. And that's why I tell men all the time that if you are man enough to have an orgasm inside of a woman and um, create a, a human, then you need to show that you can be a hero and stick around and parent because um, it, it's easy to have an orgasm. It's really hard to be a dad. And, and dads will change the world. Okay. Wood, um, you okay? Uh-huh, yeah. 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 Uh, I know you do your best with your favorites. <laughs> 
I got you know when there's 37 of them, you got to pick the you got to pick the ones that you can pick the strongest of crabs. Yeah, so. yeah, only the strong survive, right? Yeah, who, who, right. Yeah. who has the opportunity to make yeah. it to a professional league? You. <laughs> Who's gonna carry me You're going my forward? Uh, Oklahoma to Utah. How do you get here? Yeah. So fascinating story. Um, I was uh, I got out of the military and I went into corporate wellness and, and I had a frustration. I saw that, uh, Christian men, one of my biggest frustrations, I'd go to these conferences, these guys would raise their hands and worship God. And they'd say, God, I love you with all my heart. Well, I'm practical. I look at the Bible and Jesus says the first and greatest commandment is this love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbors yourself. So I started to read that from an exercise physiology standpoint and say, well, if you're supposed to love them with all your heart, why, why do we have so many fat Christian men? Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that struck oh, a chord with me. I, I've said the same thing for years yeah. and years and years. Well, he, here's the and deal. Years. You you'll see and I'll see it. And uh man, I, and again, my heart is to love men and invite them into this culture to say if you say this, then you should try to live it. I understand, mm-hmm. man. I get around like uh, sweets and you you break with your diet and you 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 man, you you deal with sin. But if you know what's good and you don't do it, that's sin. So oh, wait a minute. You say you deal with sin. Junk food sin or poisoning your body to so, excess is sin. Great. So I, doing what you know is wrong in the moment is sin. So I feast, I fast, I fuel with food, but I never want gluttony to be a master of my life. So if I look at something and say, I shouldn't have that right now and I do it anyway, that's sin. So if I, but, but I, I, I eat healthy six days of the week. And on one day, that one day of the week, I eat whatever I want. Krispy Kreme donuts, whatever that is, I'll eat and I'll feast like a king. The other six days, I live discipline. Mm-hmm. In those six days, if it's like, oh, I shouldn't have that. And then I find myself eating the Snickers. I'm going to find myself. It's called what the hell effect in um, psychology. <laughs> so, and it's taught in classrooms around the country in, in higher level education. It starts at 2 p.m. And pornographers won't start marketing to you until late at night because they wait till the what the hell effect sits in at 2 p.m. You look at a piece of chocolate and say, oh, what the hell? It's just one piece of chocolate. And it's actually what it's called in psychology. And then you get to five o'clock and it's like, oh, what the hell? I'm not going to get my workout today. I'm going to get some fast food. And then pornographers know they're going to market to you at uh, eight o'clock, 10 o'clock at night because you're, you're married and you get home. See, <laughs> pornographers aren't that smart then. Because if they're going to market to you, they should market when you're off work and your spouse is at work. Well, you know it, what I mean? for the work. <laughs> now, now, eight, nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> now, now we have a problem. Mar- they, they know your algorithm, your custom algorithm. They market to you constantly. You, you've been on so, there all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it, it's a really difficult thing. But I just started to realize you'd get these people that would really preach heavily against some sins. And they would leave out that they're 200 pounds overweight and they're not. They're not addressing it. Now, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not an ass looking at you saying, oh, man, who do you think you are? I am the guy saying, let's be honest. If you're doing that, but you're not making this change, don't, don't be such a jerk to people. Because we all suck. Mm-hmm. All of us suck. So don't be a jerk to people. And I'd start to see it of like, oh, okay, you say you love Jesus and you come to these men's conferences, but you're, you're performing gluttony six days a week and you're crushing your heart and you're love the Lord with all your mind. Charles Darwin thought the, the mind and the brain were one. Now we know with science that the mind can control the brain. I, I got taught in a school called Sear School, Survival, Evasion, Resistance, and Escape. And I'll never forget the story by Colonel George Hall, who went, he was a prisoner of war. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with him, but they, they teach us in Sear School. He went, he was prisoner of war in Vietnam. Uh, got shot down September 27th, 1965. Oh, he went through hell. <laughs> hell. Mm. One of the worst POW camps in the history of our warfare. Um, 
And what saved his life was using his mind to activate his brain to play golf every day. I don't know if you've heard this story, but really fascinating story. I've heard a variation of that, yeah. So he'd play golf, and I listened to um, his son give an interview, and he came back after seven and a half years, lost 100 pounds. He was not he was a fighter pilot, so wasn't overweight at all, lost 100 pounds, came back to the golf course he imagined, and shot an 81 after that whole time. Wow. Damn. So we know now that the mind, the psychological state of who you are, can drive the physiological state of your brain. And Charles Darwin didn't know that. He thought they were connected. Well, now you can read the Bible and say, love the Lord with all your mind. So you can ask guys, how's your brain? So nobody has an excuse to say, oh, man, I'm not fat. I don't need to eat healthy. No, but everything you eat might not go to your hips, but it does go to your brain. And we know this based on science. So Mm -hmm. you're trashing your brain, but you're not taking care of of, but you're saying, man, I love, I love Jesus with all my mind, but you're trashing, trashing your brain. You're playing video games 12 hours a day. You're doing all these things. So I just started to see what this says. And these guys, they say, man, I want to, I want to follow Jesus, but their, their, their actions don't back it up. And, and the, the Bible is like, yeah, either be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. So that, that pushed my whole career. So I was, I got out, did corporate wellness and I got out of the military, had a great job, seven years corporate wellness. And um, that's where I wrote. What is corporate well, corporate wellness? What corporate is wellness is 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 basically. So I worked for a company that had fourteen companies under it, and I was over their employee um, health process. Oh, okay. So okay. inspiring their employees, building their wellness pr- programs, uh, checking their biomarkers to make sure we're seeing actual improvements of the ROI for the investment. Gotcha. Warrant, okay. All right. Uh, so it was basically it was the coolest job in the world. I'd go speak with people, meet with people, and inspire them to get healthy, and you'd see their life change. All right. So it, was that in Oklahoma or Utah? It was out of Oklahoma. Okay. Um, the parent company was out of Los Angeles, so I'd fly out there a lot. And then mm-hmm. um, they had a private airport and planes. Yeah. And Speaking of sin and having to rinse yourself <laughs> yeah. off, going to L.A. To probably LA, go to yeah. L.A. Oh, yeah. man, I'm yeah. telling you. So I did that. And uh, during that time, I finished my undergraduate program, graduate program, had two kids. And, um, man, I, I wrote a book. It took me five and a half years to write called Soul Con, Soul Con Challenge. And it was about what we're talking about. It was, it's four men and it's a six week um, experience for guys to go through this. If God has an army, which the Bible says that he does of men, it invites us into that story of let's think like military men with our faith. Okay. Um, what if he had a special forces camp for these men? And um, I wrote a book on that and it's a fictional experience. You go there and it took me five and a half years to write. And I got out of the corporate world and I said, you know, I'm going to, me and my wife, we just took a step of faith and said, I'm going to get this book to as many guys as possible. Spent uh, three and a half years doing that. And it became, and it is still the fastest, um, growing and highest selling independently published book to men in the world. Where, to, where, to Christian can, men. where can people get that? They can get it at Gaborum.com. Um, that one helps our movement the most, G-I-B-B-O-R-I-M. Okay. Um, you can also get it on Amazon if you want to go that route and you can I, have it tomorrow. I like how you told your wife, I'm going to get it to as many men as possible. And you walked in here without two copies. I can see if you only brought one <laughs> copy. And you handed it to me, but you know, I mean, Wood's sitting right here. Yeah, I don't. So it's it's really awkward to give as a gift um, because I I I wrote it and it says put down your fork and pick up your cross right on the front of it. So it's kind of an offensive gift to give to somebody. So if I I I told our director today um, in the office, if it goes well, I'll get you guys a copy. (laughs) If it it doesn't go well, and you're like, man, get out of here. (laughs) So it's it's Gaborim G I B B O R I M dot com. Yeah. Okay. 
we have a store in there, and, and okay. that's the website for our, our studio as I'm well. I'm just going to uh, put it out there for those that are uh, watching us live, and then uh, for anyone listening in uh, Sunday and Beyond, uh, it's Gaborum.com. Which yeah. You also have a uh, website. Did yes. we mention this in the beginning? I think we did. I can't remember, but I posted it anyway. It's also uh, Cody, uh, is it Bobe? Bobe, that, That's yes. how you pronounce it, right? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I scroll down. And then Solcon. Yeah. Because I also looked that up while you were talking. It's S-O-U-L-C-O-N, all one word. Yeah, all one correct. word. Yeah. Um, and there, I found a website for that. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, Solcon, just solcon.com, right? Yeah. And, um, then, and what's what's on Solcom? Is that is that for the book specifically, or is that for <laughs> something else? Or yeah, it just what's that um, about? so so yeah, it just talks about the heart of the the brotherhood of guys that we have. So we actually have an app called Gaborum App. It's the largest um, app for Christian men on the planet, um, and it's a social media app. So that's just gives them the heart of what the content is, and we we make it to where you can be a part of it without pornographers marketing to you. Um, scrolling through pictures and seeing girls' butts every other picture. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. A, it's a cool place to share and be honest and be authentic, so it talks about the heart of yeah. that. <clears throat> so those of you that watch this back, this live video back, we apologize for the ads that pop up. <laughs> they <laughs> they heard it. <laughs> yeah. Then, then you wrote the book. Yeah, I wrote the book. Why you in Oklahoma. Yeah. And right. um, so interesting story. So I wrote that, and uh, I, I wrote the book. And five and a half years, I heard constantly that don't write this book. Men don't buy books. Men don't read. Men don't buy books. Men don't read. That's an ass. You, you heard that from Who people, you or that? you heard that in the back of your mind from people, that, and it pissed me off. It drove dude, me. I read all the time. I read all the time. And, I, and I, huh? I, I, I just said this is a lie. This is a lie. But it was statistics. And um, but it, does it, that does that include uh, like? I get maybe maybe like the the actual hard copy, but does that include also like audiobooks? Well, it's just statistically. So I had an offer for this book, Soulcon, to be um, a national nationally published book and go on a tour. And the company, I talked to the owner, and he eventually said my book changed his life. With great conversation, but he just said he said unless you make this for men and women, this book won't sell. Men don't buy books. Wow. And it's um, it's it's audio. It's publishing them. If you're a, if you're a business guy looking to sell books and you say for men only, that book will fail. Statistically, wow. if you look at the data and it pissed me off to say, no, no, men are really smart. I, I read constantly. I'm not a fast reader, but I can take a long book like the Bible and read it in four months and w- use my whole flight manuals and memorize a lot of them. And we're smart. Men are smart. But society says based on statistics, you're going to fail. Men won't do it. Wow. Men won't do it. So... Um, mm. I actually got a tattoo on my side when my book was releasing and the, of the logo, just big old, my first tattoo right on my side, just to make a statement to say this book is not going to fail. Um, I believe in it so much, the message in it, and just made a stance. And I, I took any speaking engagement to men that I could get around the country. And for three and a half years, that's what I did. And um, it took a year and a half. My, I released my book my first day and 17 copies sold. And I went to bed the most discouraged I've ever been in my entire life. And I bet of those 17 copies, I think it was probably 12 of them were family members. <laughs> and uh, I just got up and I prayed and I just felt like the Lord said, just go one more day. And it's kind of a mentality that I have. And I did. And a year and a half later, I get invited to speak at a men's conference with 3,500 guys. And... Um, 
I invest everything. It was $12,000 investment. That's all I had at the time. I had books. I had all this stuff and people thought I was crazy. I was super young at the time and I showed up and so a lot of, there's five pastors that tried to get me off the stage. I was one of the keynote speakers. I was 30 years old and we sold out of everything that we had, every, everything we had. And that video went viral and everything took off from there. Okay. And so after that, is that when you decided to start the movie? Well, so, um, yeah, so, uh, it was two years later. I finally developed everything. It was an, um, it was going really well and I was on vacation. Felt like the Lord told me it was time to make film. Where were you on vacation at? Cancun okay. with my family. Mm-hmm. So it was 15 days. It was a great vacation. Um, but we were there and I came back in and I told my wife, I said, Hey, I feel like the God, I feel like God told me to, um, we're going to sell our house and move somewhere. And she's like, cool. Where are we going? Let's do it. I don't know. Damn, I'm, she rides with you like that. She's, she's, she's amazing. <laughs> I know. She's amazing. Okay. She's amazing. So she's like, all right. So we got back and I put my house on the market and, you know, I'm, I'm an author and a speaker and people are wondering like, where are you moving? And I, we didn't know for three weeks. We didn't know. And I said, oh, we're going to do film and I'm going to act in them. And people are like, cool. What acting experience do you have? Nothing, none, none, but I'm going to do it because I believe God called me to. And then I, I, I found the best screenwriter on the planet for Old Testament warriors, the grit, the intensity, the, the, his books where you, you, you stab a giant and you twist it in the quadricep and it rips out and you hear him scream. Like that's, I'm going to get this guy to write them. And I told my wife and he's like, yeah, man, let's, uh, I, have a, I have a house out here. Come out and live in the basement. Come out with us in, uh, in Utah. In Utah. How'd you find him? So we spoke at a couple conferences and we did some things together and we professionally knew each other. He's mm-hmm. one of the best speakers in the country. And, um, you know, we were both rising in that category together. So I just knew him and he's like, yeah, let's do it. So come out here, stay in our, so we, we knew about a month or two as, as long as we were going to stay, we had no, we just put a place in a, a pod, a mobile storage unit I said, cool, let's go and build a plan and see if this can work. And and here we are today. You know, I love how you went out and did public speaking to people, to conferences, and you talked about, you know, gelatin men, you yeah. know what I mean, with their little soft <laughs> midsections and shit. Yeah. Like, I can just see him out there like Arnold talking about girly man with your little <laughs> flappy <laughs> arms, you know what I mean? How yeah. will you protect your family? Do you have a, do you have an Austrian accent? No. I, How I, will you protect your family? I'd be so much better if I did. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> so you get here and you say, uh, screw it, I'm going to act, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. do movies. Did you write the movie? Did you write in conjunction with your wife or your partner? Or? No, so the screenplay writer, uh, his name's Cliff Graham, he wrote and directed it. Did, and you told him your vision of what you wanted to write about? Yeah, and he had the same vision too. So uh-huh. we, 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 it was really cool, really cool moment. And uh, we get together and we eventually start pitching investors and going through this process and realize that if you say the Bible, people think lame and cheesy and bad production. Right, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and we're thinking the real life stories, the, the Rambo stories, the, but even more than that, the Braveheart stories where it's so iconic, you'd never forget those moments. The so, 300 movie. Um, so who's the person? Because you, you, the Bible, all right? So yeah. And you come along with me, mm-hmm. Wood. You know, you know, you know Adam. Yep. Okay. You know Cain. You know uh, Moses. Come on, mm-hmm. who we got? Enoch. Yeah. Uh, Noah. 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 You know, you know yeah. all these guys, and yeah. they're always, you know, just the old guy with the beard, and, you, and yeah. you know, is, are, I, is it all Old Testament? Are you on New Testament? Because then you have you yeah. have like the the apostles then. That I mean, also lived some pretty crazy stuff. Crazy lives. Like they, yeah. it wasn't all. Uh, um, yep this turn the other cheek be sweet and kind to everybody yep. either there. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, excuse me, <clears throat> we'll get to the new Testament. Um, 
but we have to start with the stories that will take people's breath away when they watch them. Um, because the, the, the New Testament will, it's more common to watch, but we, we decided even with our first proof of concept film, let's take one verse about one guy called Shamgar. Most people have no idea who he is. Judges 3.31. He only shows up twice in the whole Bible. Um, in Judges chapter 4, Deborah sings a song about the time of Shamgar. Shamgar says he has one verse, and it's the most epic verse. I can't imagine if we read this verse about a Ukrainian today, just imagine reading that a Ukrainian killed 600 Russians with a farming tool. He'd be the most famous warrior on the planet. They're trying. They're trying. Yeah. And, and we have a fighter pilot that knocks out six of them in one fight. And he's, you know, he's, he's the ghost of, you know, like just incredible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I have a tattooed on my arm, a six foot farming tool and you kill 600 men. You'd be the most famous warrior on the planet at that mm. time. Without so question. That's Judges 331. Judges 331. Mm. Uh, about Shamgar, and yeah. he he killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad, which is about a six foot. It's to goad oxen. So you're standing behind them with your cart. You poke them in the butt. You grab their legs, and you turn them. That's a massive animal to turn. Really thick skin. So it's a six foot farming tool, and you you kill 600 guys. I, we said we've we've got a show about 30 deaths in 20 <laughs> minutes. And we, we got to show what this is like, to what it would be like. How do you fight with this? So we teamed up with one of the best stunt guys, the best in Canada, one of the best, in my opinion, in the country. But he's worked with The Rock. He's worked. He was in the suit when Deadpool won. He was in. Wait a minute. He's just The Rock and Ryan Reynolds? <clears throat> oh, yeah. He, he's, he's one of the best. So and they, Wow. And he touched you? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Rub, rub yeah. your hand on Wood's head yeah. right now, okay? <laughs> Uh, but he was you know, Captain America, Sun Devil, and Captain Civil War. Um, but he's he's lightning fast. He's amazing. But we said, hey, this is what we're gonna do. He he's also loves Jesus and said, let's man. He has a passion for it. He's, his name's Adrian Hine, one of the most incredible guys I knew. But how do we how do we choreograph? Because fighting on film is really different than fighting in person, and right. it's re- mm-hmm. it's it's an it's an art and dance as mm-hmm. opposed to a, a fight. Right. So it's and opposed to a survival skill. Yeah, opposed yeah. to a survival skill, it's an art and it's a dance. And um, so, how do you do this with a six foot weapon that has a hook and you? So we, we, we made it come to life. He spent so many hours with me, sweating, screaming at me. I mean, it's hard to learn. I'd miss, and I'd hit him, and he'd slap me back, and he'd hit me with the weapon. I mean, it was so there's so much blood, so much sweat done. But we finally mm. got it. And on the film, you'll see how you actually would rip a head off with this and how you'd... And what's the name of this film again? Hold the Pass. Hold the Pass. And this movie had a profound... This is your number one movie, first movie. Our first movie. And it's on Amazon. People can rent it or buy it. It's done Hold really well. Hold the Pass on Amazon. It had such a profound effect on you. You have it tattooed on your forearm. Now. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's really cool. So on it, it's really, it's really neat because it's called Hold the Pass. I didn't know this when we did it. Um, I, I got my tattoo here in Ogden. Um, but HTP is actually, I was going to get a tattoo and I wanted HTP on it for Hold the Pass. Uh-huh. And I realized at that moment that my, my, my wife's name is Haley, my son's name is Ty, and my daughter's name is Parker. So HTP was kind of cool in the Perfect. order. Wow. So I, I get it on there, but I, it's a reminder for me as an ox goat because in the film you watch it and they're about to come in and conquer a land and this guy Shamgar is the only one still in his land and we know that that's accurate so he goes out and I, and I say every day what would my life look like if I went out of my house knowing that I was the strong man to protect my family and I lived that way because he showed up knowing he was going to get his ass kicked and on the other side of that he teaches in the film I, I play Shamgar but he teaches his wife how to kill the kids and then kill herself so they don't rape 
And, yeah, and, and torture. And they used to do it. Mm-hmm. And this is historically accurate to say you slit their throats, you, you kill yourself, or they're going to torture you. Awful. Runaway yeah. slaves did that too. They did it too. Yeah. And, and it's throughout history to say, uh, as a man, you absolutely pick that for your family because you mm-hmm. don't want, nobody wants to be tortured, no. but you don't want your family to be tortured. So we show that in the film and how intensely you'd fight in that moment. So we, we have the moment. We're actually in the, it, oh, it's so cool. The film is such a special film. We're the first people to ever get a permit to have a fire on the salt flats. So it's in the winter. So there's this one scene, Shamgar just gets his ass kicked by these guys. He's on the salt flats. He has this kind of vision experience. This angel drives a flame, flaming chest, a sword into his chest. And in that moment, you hear the sound score change. You hear everything. And he snaps back up. And he's just getting his ass kicked. And the power of God comes on him. And he catches an arrow and just goes and just strategically rips everybody's throat out, rips heads off, and fights everybody. And some of the choreography mm-hmm. you'll see is is the best you've seen from the Bible. Um is the best you've seen. What's the movie wow. you're working on now? Because we had a hard time getting you because you said we're about ready to start filming this, yep. that, and the other. Yep. I was like, oh shit, we got to get this guy here. <laughs> yep. what, what, what are you working on now without giving too much away? What is the, the basis of the movie? Yeah, so this one's about Caleb. So the most famous story ever told on film is the, um, the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. uh, with Charleston, yep. Ch- Charleston Heston. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we're actually going to tell that to reach guys like like me, um, Caleb has a really cool line in scripture. He says, um, he, he goes to Joshua, incredible warriors, Caleb and Joshua. And he says, I actually have this tattooed on my left arm. It says, we can certainly conquer it. Here's the logo for our company. In Numbers 1330, they come back from a spy mission and Caleb looks at all the people and quiets them down. And they're saying, we can't take this land. We are like grasshoppers in their sights. There's the city called Jericho and there's a 17 civilizations of different giants the 12 most elite operators, warriors in the land of Israel, 10 of them said, we're going to get our ass kicked. We can't do it. And two of them stood up and Caleb was one of them that said, shut up to everybody and said, we can certainly conquer it. Um, he was just a badass throughout mm-hmm. scripture. So him and Joshua became battle buddies throughout the, the whole Bible and took the promised land by force. They killed 31 kingdoms and 31 kings together. Oh, it's so amazing. So we're going to tell that story. There's an old man, Caleb, on his way to, he says, hey, man, I'm 85. I'm stronger now than I've ever been. This is in the Bible. And he says, I, Joshua's like, cool, man. Where do you want to retire? That conversation. And he's like, I want Hebron because it's the only land still full of giants. And Caleb went and conquered the last remaining land full of giants. He wanted the hard task. Mm. Yes, he wanted the hard task, and that's where he took his inheritance. So that's what we're telling, the story of him going there. There's a rain delay, and um, they're they're waiting, and they're they're about to conquer. You know, giants that are not what you think on, that you've seen on TV. These these guys, like King Og, his bed was 13 feet long. These guys were about anywhere from 9 to 15 feet, the Mm. Nephilim. So I can't imagine fighting somebody that big and, and freak warriors. These are half men, half demon. Okay. That's what the Bible says. So you, you're t- telling the story from the Bible. Who wants to fight that guy? I, f- I fought guys that were, are on so many drugs, they can't feel it when you hit them. I can't imagine a half demon. <laughs> like, uh, so I, I don't know what that would be like, but he says, hey, let me do it. And they're, they're delayed. And this young guy, the first judge, Othniel, comes up and says, hey, uncle, we have a delay. I'm going to write this down. Tell me where you came from. And that's where my character comes in. So we tell the story to reach the agnostic in the world. Okay. 
and you actually like Pharaoh and you like the Egyptians. And my character goes to just become a badass warrior and drink alcohol and get girls. And he wants one thing and that's to be the best of the best. And he gets it. If you need any extras here, would yeah. I yeah. stand? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. Wood will take his glasses <laughs> off and he'll yeah. look the part. You know, <laughs> if you need, if you need somebody small, like really small <laughs> and petite, even. And petite. I, I got you. <laughs> Cody, I was sitting there today on my way to come see you. And I was, uh, I was watching the news. Yep. All over the news is Ukraine, right? Yeah. I'm sitting in, and I'm looking at my, I had these shoes on, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, my socks aren't as white as my shoes. Yep. You know what I mean? Some I need new shoes. socks, right? Yeah. The shoes are bright white. Yeah. The socks aren't as white. And I'm thinking, as I look up at the TV, these motherfuckers are leaving their homes and their countries, and I'm worried about my white socks. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's when you go with the first world problems that I yeah. talked about yeah. earlier. Yeah. It's tough, yeah. We are so fucking selfish as Americans, yep. man. We, we are. And yep. you've been around yep. the world because he saw the Dead Sea Scrolls. I don't know yeah, if he, he told did. you that. <laughs> I, heard I don't that. know if he told you that. He's been around the world. Yeah, I heard <laughs> that somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, a situation like that, when you look at Americans and you talk about men and, and, and how we are today, those Ukrainians over there, what they're doing right now, and I, yeah. I don't know the schematics of it, and I, yeah. I've always been of the ilk of America needs to mind their business, but what's going on over there is fucked up, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucked up. Yep. You know what I mean? Not that we've never done it as Americans, because we have. Yeah. Right? But But it's always different when somebody else does it. (laughs) But as a human, when you see a a bully picking on somebody else, you should want to stand to protect them. And and that's, man, if we lose that as humans, we're done. We're done. Yeah. I tell you what you don't hear, though. So you hear the Ukrainians over there. They're like, any man from, I don't know, 16 to 60 is not leaving the country. You're getting a gun. Yep. Where's the fucking feminists at? Where? <laughs> Where we're just as good as men now. You don't hear that shit now. Dang. You don't hear fucking the Karens and all the people over here going, what about the girls? How come they can't get a fucking gun and shit? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, run, bitch. Yeah. All right? That's <laughs> get funny. Get the fuck out the country. <laughs> that's funny. That's a good, I mean, that's a good what, point. Where Everybody's they at? Yeah. Where they at? It's always until it's not yeah. convenient for them. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. me. You understand what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 there, there's nothing like war and conflict to give directional purpose to and perspective. humanity and perspective. And very much. I, I let my kids listen to. And this is a, a ten and nine year old, but I, I think it's so important for them to understand. I watch them. I let them watch a live stream where thirteen soldiers are sitting on an island, Snake Island, and the Russian warship is talking. Yeah. And, and my kids, I let them know cuss words are cuss words. Um, it doesn't make you a good or bad person if you use them. There, it's a word. Just and use them right. Just, just use them right. Don't say mother asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, what? What? That doesn't even make sense. So you know, and and and, and we we I, I teach them, um, man, th- th- this is what they are, and and daddy does them. Yes, I, I don't want you to do them at your age, but um, you know, the, the, I'm going to invite my son into masculinity between 12 and 13. I'll take him on a big trip when he's 13, and. But we have conversations. You're going to have your son kill a bear and skin, like, <laughs> I met possums with a guy. and shit, huh? I met with a guy in Oklahoma. <laughs> he came back. He um, a missionary in Africa. And there's, a, there's multiple tribes. But he told me about a tribe he went into. And when they before they turn 13, they have to kill a lion or they're not welcome back into the tribe. Oh, and wow. it's still happening. How old is the lion? If the lion's like two months old, I'm all for it. Okay? <laughs> that's a good question. That's, 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 a, that's a good... Uh, uh, man, no one ever specified the age. I come See? back with a little cub. Simba, right? <laughs> all right. So, so you, you, um, you, you, you're talking about Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. So Ukraine. So I sit and have them watch to say, yeah, this Russian warship. And um, they, they, they made a heroic act to say, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Mm-hmm. 
like you you get a death song in this life. That's your death song, like Tecumseh wrote. Mm-hmm. That's your death song. You literally have a warship saying surrender, surrender, surrender. And and I, I took that moment to teach my kids, you're going to get multiple offers to surrender your will to things in this life, to surrender your will, to be a coward in the moment. You're going to see something happen, an injustice. You're going to want to be like Matthew Stafford and be a coward and turn your back. When huh. the, <laughs> no, huh. no, no, I still, I still think he, he's still, what's, what? <laughs> Tell him your fucking argument. Yeah, I still, listen. He sees it happen. He turns at embarrassment for her. I don't think he knew. I agree the, with you. I, I still think Matthew Stafford's a good dude. I don't care. I think he's a fucking nope, dick. I don't. Yeah, that. that I'll, the, never, well, I'll never change my mind. I love Matthew it. Stafford. Well, it's really hard to justify from that video, but I, I hope he is. Right. But seeing that, if if you're a guy, and that was, a, I mean, that was like a 10 foot platform, eight foot right. platform. That was, and he just turned around. So anyway, I, no matter if we agree or disagree. Um, we it, agree. It, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you see something like that, um, specifically like that, and you're a coward like him, and you turn your back, <laughs> you turn your back uh, man, that, that, that's something we can't surrender our will to. So eventually when I, I set them down to say these guys didn't surrender their will to the threat of the Russians. And, and there's such cool moments I, I love so much. Uh, President Zelensky, he's he, he's like, man, the United States, is like, we'll, we'll come get you. Yeah, I know Joseph Biden. You know, he's probably like, man, I'll come get you. <laughs> <laughs> come fly over there and get you in my safe plane. Pelosi's driving, <laughs> but he's like, no, man, I don't, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. I, I'm running. Yeah. I'm yeah. running with the fellas, man. Ru- <laughs> we we talked last week about insults that Europeans give, and I gave some fucked up insult. But I saw a real <laughs> quote. An old woman walked up to a Russian soldier and said. Here's some seeds. Put these in your pocket. Did you hear about this? It's a video. You can and, see the video. It's a video? Yeah. She said, put these in your pocket. So when you we, when you die, something good will grow from you. Amazing. <laughs> She's handing... What a fucking insult. <laughs> yeah. That's the insult the Europeans do yeah. that Americans don't do. We're like, yo, fuck you. Suck my dick, asshole. She's yeah. like, here's some seeds. So when you die... Something good comes from Something good comes from you. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, and what? there's a video. She's walking around. This I got to find that video. Yeah, that's it's amazing. Awesome. It's amazing. I got to find that video. That's, that's badass. So yeah. what, what's up for you now and your production company? What's yeah. going on? How when, when, me and Wood in the movie. Yeah. All right. And we yeah. all can come on and talk about that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You guys, you guys have to. When we're filming, <laughs> I want you to come down and see it so you okay. can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. You guys can see it. It's like I'm watching, assholes. Go but, ahead. But, so if you've, if you've never been on a movie set, it's one of the coolest things on this planet. So I would our, like to see it. Our mm. studio's down in um, Salt Lake and you build interiors. And, and there's one action scene um, in this that's just a breathtaking moment where my character goes up the pyramid and guys are racing to the top and they're getting hit by arrows and they're fighting and guys are toppling down splatting on the ground because the pyramids used to be just uh, white washed yep. and, and you could see them for miles yep. you could see them for miles and then had gold capstones yes, on the top. so it was, it was really slick now they're totally different but they're you know three thousand years old but this fight scene will actually build that pyramid and still inside. perfect symmetrically perfect they're they're amazing amazing so i think yeah long story but i think nephilim built them but anyway um you think a man built them i think uh well i think the nephilim the half men half demons i think they they built them okay but you're not gonna go aliens you're not gonna go aliens on because some people go aliens i'm gonna show you a picture on my phone from egypt that you see their boats and it had to be men that were about 12 feet tall that could row them i'll show you a picture once we're done you'll see it and the the oars how they hit this actual boat from that time of the the pyramids those are 12 feet tall men that could row that. I, okay. I'm six one. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So um, you come down to the movie set and you can see some of those fight scenes to where you set it up. And I would love to see that. Yeah, be cool. Absolutely, I would love to see that. So mm-hmm. here's the deal with film. Um, COVID is interesting. 
our budget's big and our vision is enormous. Our vision is way bigger than our film. So we could be about 10 weeks out from rolling cameras right now. So official pre-production could start in two weeks or it could start in the fall. Um, so it's just wow. kind of that really rough and we're doing it ourselves. So we're independently through other investors. We're funding this thing because we don't want to play in Hollywood system. Um, we want to bring the Bible to the world and we're picking a fight with anybody that thinks that the Bible's boring to say like David and Goliath, it's not boring. And we're going to show you, we're not, we're not mad at you. We want to invite you into this because you're going to see, like I see this book is captivating and it's not for the goody two shoes in the world. It's for the broken guys like me that struggle every day. And it's, it's not mm. a book of rules. It's a book of grace and how it changed your life. So that's what we want to do because we, we, we believe the world needs a little bit of what we call a revival, a, a, a awakening again to say, Oh, the Bible isn't the enemy here. Um, the Bible's actually gives the source of life and hope to us. So that's, so we could be, so the reason I was like, oh, my schedule after this, when, when you're texting me, I was like, oh, my schedule goes into my director's hands pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I won't be able to do anything external for, it's a four month production. So it's, it's a big wow. film. So, um, and I'm in 58 scenes. Um, I'm the lead actor in it and you, 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 you lose control of your schedule completely. So I'm glad it worked wow. out too. Yes. Yeah. We really do so. want to come down and check that out. Yes. I, would, I would love, love it. it. Yeah. You guys, uh, I'm being serious. Yep. Yeah. We, this is recorded for perpetual. Yeah. <laughs> I will. You guys, you guys, you guys, please. Once we're filming, I'll let, I'll make sure that our executive producer there, you guys will we'll pick a really high action day and you guys come down and you'll get to see some of movie magic happen. And it's really cool to see. Um, it's really cool to see how we can make a six foot eight guy look like he's nine feet tall. Um, mm. And not we like I, our, the team of filmmakers. Right. But it's it's cool to see the green screen background. We'll have we'll have scenes where my character's running through like in three hundred, where you're slicing and arms are flying off, yeah. and um, but you see what those stunt guys are they're attached to and all that. Wood yeah. would, would, would love that. That's his wheelhouse yeah. right there. It's super cool. So I yeah. love it. You guys have absolutely that invitation, um, and we'll make sure it's on a high action day. So you guys come down, and oh, you yeah. can see it. I like right it. On, Cody. I like Wood, with that, is that what you're saying? That is what I'm saying. Cody, is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys, that is what we're all saying here in the woodshed on this uh, fabulous Friday evening. Um, For those of you that have stuck around through this live broadcast, we appreciate you. uh, Appreciate you being here. Um, Check out those links that we've posted up. For those of you that, um, and I know the majority of you are going to pick this up on audio only, uh, I'm just going to repeat. We had Gaborum.com, that's G-I-B-B-O-R-I-M.com, Solcon.com which was on there, and uh, CodyBobe8.com. Those were the three links that I posted. Um, You have how many books out? Three books. He's got three books out. And uh, do they all one play into the next? Are they all independent of each other? So it's really, like? yeah, so it's really cool. I've, I've authored three, um, in the Soulcon book series, there's four. I authored the first two and then guys that read it, it's a really cool story. They authored the next two. So it's a cool nice. continuation. So you technically have five books? Uh, well, Technically, under our ownership, under my ownership, yes. Um, wow. But m- they're, okay. they're my favorite because um, they wrote it better than I, those other two. They're they're better than my books. Okay, that's what you want. Yep, that's yes. what you want. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. And then we have uh, Hold the Pass on Amazon, which yes. you can uh, watch over there if you are interested in what he uh, 
And and what I'm sorry, I forget now. I think you mentioned it, but what what are you um, in that that show? Uh, Hold the past. Yeah, so I'm Shamgar. Shamgar. So, so you yep. are Shamgar. In that. I am. Yep. Okay. Um, so if you want to check out uh, Cody on the big screen, check out Hold the Past and make sure the sound is all the way up. It's surround sound, so you'll hear different necks break with surround sound. So turn it all the way up. Well, I, I noticed in the pictures over here, one of them you had your shirt off. So uh, the uh. ladies are gonna want to know: Do you have your shirt off? <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. Are you in, in slow motion ever? In, in, in this in this next film, my shirt's off like seventy uh, percent of the film. Okay, yeah. that's all they wanted to know. Any slow motion? Any scars on the pectoral muscles? There, yeah, whips. There's gonna be a whip. I fight these uh, Amalekites, and they they smack off a piece of my chest. And, oh, yes, yeah, they're gonna, gonna love that, man. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, the, the, the Mary Magdalens of the group yeah. are gonna love that shit. <laughs> Oh man, guys! So uh, uh, you know where our sponsors are. Um, so check them out. But most importantly, on this uh, mask off episode here with Cody, uh, please check out his stuff. Uh, stay tuned because we're gonna hold a we're gonna hold his feet to the fire, and we're gonna be there on an action day. Keith yeah. and Wood are going to be uh, on a set. Closer on an movie day. set. Yeah, even if we're pe- peering through the window. Yeah. Um, we're going to get there. Security might have their hands around our necks, but we're going to be there. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll be front row. Uh, I promise. You, okay. guys make, you guys make it. You'll, you'll be front row. All right, guys. And um, so uh, don't forget to share this out there with all your friends, family, loved ones. Definitely this one is uh, one to learn from and one to uh, appreciate. So check it out, guys. Uh, let everybody know. And with that, Keith and Cody, I got to tell you two gentlemen, today here in the woodshed on this late Friday evening, it has been nothing short of a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Keep in mind, we may have a mask off again next week. Hitting you twice. Double penetration. We out. It's a flow sick, another critical rose of a swig of the rogue. It's a give you liver cirrhosis. Boogie monster, rebel with a neff and a hoodie want to step into the session and fully conquer the weapon to lessen our professional bully bonkers. Left in the wreck, never checking the kitty stompers. Shake his crown. Thought he was gonna make us run away in a battle with his sickest frown. Shake his ground. Like on the Mecha Godzilla, I'm such a killer when I break it down. These flows are the cheat code for the weak Joes that need those elite bros with the heat so they can eat on a D-low off a beast, your ego got a veto. Please close your beak foes, the least grows, take it from me, thieves chose to try to decode. Reload the beats so I can reach each soul, no cease, no finito, release. Go! I am the chosen and everyone is beholding, my energy is golden cause the minion is being broken from enemies in the open approach and I'm never joking, the remedy being spoken, I'm hoping that you're soaking it up. I'm in the motion, I'm doping, I'm never choking, my devotion to floating like a notion, the holy ghost and I'm scoping, the evil folk and provoking, the wicked notion of croaking, I'm really floating and quoting that I'm closing it up. Talking behind my back, end up with niners that see me and say. Kinda whack, you could not find a knock, hit you with a rhyme attack, really in spray. I'ma beat you cause I'm greedy and slay. If you creepy and cray, I'ma eat you like PB and J. Kiwi and grapes, I'ma demolish them when the TB and play. Play! I started recording, and my number three Jordans, dungaree sporting. The tongue of me is gonna be scorching. The punishing hunter eat like a hungry orphan. T9 and NF are elephants in the room without a closet for skeletons. Quit embellishing a demon from Hellison. Yell it when Donnie, you're out of your element. Look what I, look what I done. Helping them people I love. My life is not what it was. No. Kinda one hit on white trust. Kinda one hit on white trust. Yeah. Kinda one hit on white trust.